This is potentially catastrophic. I have a whole stack of books to read. Joy Harjo's Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. Venice by Jan Morris. Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. Romeo and Juliet. And there's a whole bunch of books I read before. It's from the 1st of March, 2016. From the 27th of April, 27th of July. So I guess the only thing to do is see how the books speak to each other. <laughs> okay. Oh, brilliant. This is probably going to get weird. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 13. Um, I today read Among Flowers, A Walk in the Himalaya by Jamaica Kincaid. Um, she's an author that I've never read before. I picked up the book at a used bookstore here in St. Louis a few years back um, because I I think I've mentioned I collect travel books um, and I'm always interested in travel books by women and I'm always interested specifically in women of color. Um, their travel uh, stories and narratives because um, they are the ones that I don't see a whole lot so when I see them uh, I'm, I'm even more sort of anxious to add the book to my shelf and to read it so that you know I can share the story or the fact that the story has been published. Um, I learned about the book because I follow um, a writer called Bonnie Amour who a few years back organized a POC travel book club that is only open to people of color and they read travel books by people of color. And so um, uh, I do read the books from time to time um, when I have access to them. And this is one that was on their list and I was reminded of it. So I thought I would, I would pick it up and it's, it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. She's such an amazing writer and she takes so much time with the mental and emotional and spiritual disconnect of travel and what that can do for a thinker and a poet and she has these beautiful moments where she's so thunderstruck by the changes in her circumstances and in the circumstances of the group that she's with in the space of you know a single digit number of hours that that she's just needs time to think and it's wonderful as a writer to read a writer traveling um she this was a trip that was taken in 2002 in the fall and it was her um and three other people who were on a sea gathering trip in the himalaya so they went to nepal and i think she was gone for a month maybe a little bit more than and you know, went, went hiking. There was a whole group of, of porters and Sherpas um, that, that went with them to carry the heavy stuff and, and camp. And, um, and, and so that's what the, the book is about. And I'm only, I'm going to read a couple of passages. One, because I just think that um, this is, this has now become on my bucket list. So the very first line of the book one day, in the year 2000, I was asked to write a book, a small one, about any place in the world I wished and doing something in that place I liked doing. We should all be so lucky to get that, right? I mean, uh, 
it would be nice if it came with the money to do the traveling and then take the time to write the book. I do not know if that did in this case, but I, I just absolutely, I absolutely love that. Like, just go to a place you want to go to and write about a thing that you want to write about. And how beautiful, how beautiful that is. So, she does, she's, because they are on a seed gathering trip, she, she talks a lot about the, the flora and the fauna and the, the hiking. And, and so there was a lot of very specific language, which is joyful to me. Um, very Latin, lots and lots of Latin. And there's a book that she picks up in Kathmandu that she reads throughout um, that provides sort of an unexpected relationship to the landscape that's really wonderful. Um, so I'm going to read a paragraph from page 34. It was already hot at six o'clock in the morning. We had a delicious breakfast of omelet, oatmeal porridge with hot milk and pancakes. The morning was beautiful, the sky was blue, not the impersonal blue of the sky that I was used to, but as if it was specially tinted that way. And even though it was a wide open sky, very big, it felt confined as if it was more like a ceiling than a sky. And this confusing notion, sky or ceiling, only grew more so for a sky is a part of the earth. It is the thing to which you might be exposed. The unfeeling elements raining down on you come from the sky. A ceiling, on the other hand, is the structure that protects you from the sky. Okay, so book from two years ago is from the 24th of March, 2016, and it is, oh, it's another Marseille Rodoreda, or however that is pronounced. Um, this was published in 2015. This is called War, So Much War, um, from page 83. I began to peruse his papers. There were many, all of them carefully classified in faded folders. Letters to a bank in Barcelona, letters to the village mayor discussing some land Senor Ardeval, Arclival? Ardeval? wanted to sell, letters from a friend dated in Arenas del Mar, in which the friend spoke of the mystery of dreams and the memories of another life. In the last of these letters, the friend announced that he would soon be paying Signor a visit. In a file bound with greater care than the rest was a group of papers that spoke only of mirrors. Signor Ardeval stated at the beginning of these that each person is the mirror of the entire universe, of God. And then I came across some sheets of paper written in a handwriting that was difficult to make out, that explained how he had come to that house and told the story of the mirror in the foyer. The new day found me still reading. Oh, this is a wonderful memory to have. I am still unsettled after a day. This relatively short book took quite a while for me to finish owing to its extremes and the discomfort of the story. There was a terrible moment about 20 pages before the end of the book when I thought it would all have been a dream. Happily, the author is better than that and made me and made very certain that the story ended as fully grounded in its own reality as it could have been. Adria leaves home a young man who is naive and somewhat disconnected. He returns a young man whose soul has been deeply compromised. 
Good, evil, accident, and deliberate circumstance are all around him as he is given story after story, along with beatings, a house, work, food, and water. He is like an inverse of the Canterbury Tales. He wanders and does not talk, so others give him stories that he cannot deny as he leaves farmhouses, beaches, mills, and battlegrounds. There is very little fighting in the action of the novel, but the damage of war is everywhere and spreading even as the war is by the end of the novel over. Rodereda crafted something terrifying and familiar for her readers. She ends the book not easily, but truthfully, and offers a kind of respite even as she gives us one of the most abstract and haunting ideas, that of the alternate self found in mirrors and what a constant quest to see that self could mean for a person. Adrian never offers his answers, and I believe never finds them. One's peace is permanently shattered when one is too or layered or... Oh, when one is... Huh? Looks not the same according to the angle or time of week or dessert. Unsettling stuff. Big questions. No answers. She's amazing. So I have no idea what that last, or well, fourth from last sentence was meant to be. One's peace is permanently shattered when one is too or layered or looks not the same according to the angle or time of week or dessert. Yeah, I grabbed this with um, from one of the sales reps. This is a, a book, instead of um, her last, the last book that I talked about, Death in Spring, is set in a, a fictional horror village. This is set in contemporary well, not contemporary, but it, the idea is that it's it's grounded in more realistic, um, war-torn life. And so there's, there's not necessarily a whole lot of magic to it. This kid, if I'm remembering correctly, leaves home. Be there is war. There's, there's a girl that he meets at one point. She does not, in fact, save him, which is, which is interesting. And he is, He's sort of personality-less through the book. I mean, when I say that it's like the reverse of the Canterbury Tales, I think it's a very deliberate device that she's using. This is one of those cases where I think that the choice of a male protagonist is a very deliberate one because he could move through war zones with, you know, obviously a chance of physical damage, but probably with his life intact. And probably being able to move around of his own free will more easily than a girl would be able to move around of her own free will. And there's there's a point, and, and that's the, the passage that I read from, where he ends up in a, in a house by the sea. And it's given to him by the man that lives there. And he goes through all these papers, and there's this mirror in the foyer, and there's this really odd story that has to do with an unrequited love or a heartbreak or it's a love, but it's a love story. It's a love story. And it's, it, it ends up not well, which is why there's a dude like living out his days with a mirror and a whole bunch of letters and stuff and a house by the sea that he gives to a kid who shows up. And there's, as I was reading it, I was thinking about what the possible connection could be, but I think that the, the, disconnected state of personhood that comes from being invested in your travels or 
or being sort of carried along by your travels is the thing that connects them intimately, even though the circumstances are completely different. And although, you know, Jamaica Kincaid, when, when she and, and her, her companions were in the Himalaya, there were Maoist groups with guns preventing their travels more than once. Um, and there was this overhanging reality of a very personal danger that followed them in a very real way. Um, the, there's an airport at the end of their hiking journey. They left from an airport at which they had camped for, I think, four days before their airplane arrived to take them away. Uh, the village is called Sukhothai because it is in Nepal. So you wait to travel. And when they were in Kathmandu reconvening and making sure that they had everything in order so that they could leave, they had heard that the airport had been bombed and that people had been killed after they had left. I mean, not immediately after, days after. So the, the threat of danger was very real. Um, and in war, so much war, the, the young man, Adria, doesn't ever really find solace or silence in the action of the book. It is possible that he never will or that it will take a considerable amount of time because he does eventually leave. He goes home. And how that's going to play out is, you know, not, not a given. So there, there is a, um, there's always a dreamlike quality to reading translated work because you only get the steps of the story in many ways and you get some character development, but so much of the work of translation is be, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about it. I, I don't even know the words for it to even address it, but there's, there's a veil that exists between the translated language and the original language of any translated work. And that is sort of added to this intensely disconnected experience that this young man is having, traveling almost by force um, in a world that's, that's being torn apart by war. And even though Jamaica Kincaid made the decision to travel to Himalaya, there is still so much to be experienced in the form of rediscovering oneself in the face of almost unbelievable to you moments that are normal for everyone around you. I really like that connection. I think that's I think that's a really that's a really good one. I actually don't think I have those books anymore. I think I, I may have sold them back. I have to think about that. Um, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the books again were Among Flowers by Jamaica Kincaid, and War So Much War by Merce Rodorida. And at some point. I will, in fact, learn how to pronounce her name appropriately. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Bye. That's all for today. 
Be sure to tune in tomorrow to see what kinds of nonsense I get up to then. Shop local, support your local library, and keep your bookshelves brave. Thank you so much for listening. Bye now.